Lately, I've been doing a lot of research in the area of success. And it's amazing that many of God's children do not take preparation seriously. And it's sad. Amen? I said it's sad. Is it sad? Let's define our terms once again. What does it mean to prepare? We said it means to educate, to educate or equip for a future task or purpose. That's what we said it is. Can you remember? I said, can you remember? I said, can you remember? All right. Watch this. Let's look at a few things. Go to Second Chronicles. Preparing for success begins with a dream. Preparing for success begins with a dream. A dream is a mental picture of what you want to be, do, or have. A dream is a mental picture of what you want to be, do, or have. I was listening to Marco Phelps in one of his interviews, and he said something that got my attention. He said, when I've given it my best shot in preparation, I can expect the best. And I've always taught you something. I said, a lot of people have high expectation. But watch this. But they have low preparation. And what does it lead to? Frustration. Preparing for an Olympic some time ago, Nigeria, as a nation of 150 nations, had a target of three gold. Michael Phelps had a target of five gold. A nation was preparing for, was expecting, dreaming for three gold. And Michael Phelps was preparing for five gold. He had the bigger dream than an entire nation. Michael Phelps spends five hours in the pool every day because he has high expectations. And according to one of the interviews I saw, he is said to be the only athlete in the history of the world that trains every day, Monday to Sunday. And he has achieved what no athlete in the world has ever achieved. 
17 gold and a total of 21 medals. Think about it. There's something I've always known. If you want to have what no one has ever had, if you want to do what no one has ever done, if you want to go where no one has ever gone, you must be willing to watch this. Do what no one has ever done. That's how God raised me. And that's why I took the time to research the lives of great men of God. How long did they study? Because I wanted to go somewhere with my life. I said, it always begins with a dream. He said something that I dream, I plan, and I reach for it. It all begins with a dream. In Africa, we want to prepare today for what we want to do tomorrow. Look at something in 2 Corinthians 2 verse 9. This is beautiful. 2 Corinthians 2 verse 9. It says, I want to begin from verse 6. Let me begin from verse 5. And the house which I built is great. For great is our God above all gods. See, he knew exactly what he wanted to do. Your dream must be defined. What we want to achieve as a ministry is defined. I've had it written down for many years. And I'm seeing most of those things come to pass. Think about it. I don't know whether you've heard of the research that was done on Harvard graduates. And they said about only 10% knew exactly what they wanted to do with their lives. But only 3% had it written down and had a plan to reach it. They found out that those 3% were the ones that were thriving more than every other of the 97% that came out of school. Your God writes down his plan. Are you aware that God has already planned the way the heavens will be, all the dimensions and the details are there. When God wanted Noah to build an ark for him, he did not leave him in doubt. He told him the kind of wood, gopher wood. He said it must have three dimensions. First story, second story, and third story. And said keep a window on top. Because God knew that the flood would be so much and the man will need a window from the top. It all begins with a dream. What do you want to do with your life? And unless you're able to articulate it clearly, you cannot imagine it consistently. 
So you must be able to articulate your dream. What do I want to achieve with my life? With my business? It must be written down. Hallelujah. Paul Jeremiah, a great Christian salesman, businessman, and also a speaker. He said something. He said, those who have goals and dreams they've not written down, watch this, have vague dreams. And they produce vague results. Have it written down. Read your Bible whenever God appeared to anyone. It will tell them to write down what they had seen him say to them. Hallelujah. The young man said, the house which I build is great. If you believe your future is great, then prepare for it. Because the future belongs to those who prepare for it. The popular saying is that the future belongs to those who plan for it. But planning without pursuit can lead to depression. Because at the end of the day, it will not come to pass because it didn't pursue it. That's why the Lord taught me this. The future belongs to those who prepare for it. Hallelujah. So planning is part of your preparation. He says the house is great, which I built. Hallelujah. Now look at this. It says in verse 6, But who is able to build him a house in the heaven? And the heaven of heavens cannot contain him. Who am I then that I should build him a house, save only to burn sacrifice before him? Send me now therefore a man to, to work in gold and in silver and in brass and in iron and in purple and in crimson and blue and that can skill to grave with the cunning men that are with me in Judah and in Jerusalem whom David my father did provide. Notice he was asking for a skilled man. And David had already provided skilled men. The Bible uses the word cunning there. Skilled men for the work. And that's why if you read Ecclesiastes 10 verse 15, the Bible says the labor of the foolish wearied every one of them. Why? He says because they know not how to go into the city. They didn't have a plan. They were walking without a plan, which was equal to frustration. Ecclesiastes 10, verse 15. It says, The labor of the foolish wearied every one of them because they know not how to go into the city. Are you out there? Do you know where you want to go with your life? Is it written down? 
I know that. I know that. Very soon. Very soon what? Very soon what? Proverbs 14 verse 8. It says the wisdom of the upright is to understand his way. Sorry. The wisdom of the prudent is to understand his way. The wisdom of the prudent is to understand his way. Think about it. Do you understand where you are going with your life? I know. 2013 is the year of dominion. And that's why we had to fast four times this year for 30 days. April, June, and September. And the first one we fasted was in January for 21 days. Four times. Why? We're preparing for a year of dominion. Somebody might hear that they fasted in June. They say, okay, we are going to fast in July. Why? He doesn't know. He says the wisdom of the prudent is to understand his way. Think about it. Say, but the folly of fools is deceit. That means the man that is not planning is self-deceived. He's deceived. He says the wisdom of the prudent is to understand. Is to understand. Think about it. Say, but the folly of fools is deceit. They just think that one way or the other they are going to get to that top that they are wishing that they will get. They just think they will get there. I was shocked when Sunny Abacha came to power. When he said something of this sort, a dream is a dream until it is tampered with reality. So he always had his sight on the city of power. He knew exactly where he was going. And he got there. And that's the amazing thing. I was like, for instance, look at this. You hear men like um, Muhammad Ali. I gave you his um, story the other time. How he would tell everybody he meets that he's going to be the world's greatest boxer. I'm the greatest. I'm the greatest. I'm the greatest. Oh, what's your name? Cassius Claim. I, I, I'm the greatest. He knew exactly where he was going. He didn't seek to become a public speaker. Because he was very charismatic. And he could communicate well. He was focused. He was focused. He says the wisdom of the prudent is to understand his way.
Winners Chapel has about, I think, about a 60-year plan. And who's commanding most of the resources in this country? Don't forget what I taught you. I said, there is enough resources for the man that has a well-articulated plan to utilize it. More than enough resources. And I told you the story of Jesus the Plantis. He wanted 200,000. Ora Roberts needed 1 million. Jesus the Plantis did not get his 200,000 in a year. Ora Roberts got it in two weeks with 1 million. And he asked the Lord, he said, Lord, why have you not given me my 200,000? This man needed 1 million and you gave it to him. He said, Ora Robert has a plan. Your dream is your destination. Your plan is your roadmap. How can you get your destination without a map? You don't know exactly where you're going. Say, I'm going to Portacot. Which way? You entered boat and went to Brass. <laughs> you will come out in the Calabari region. You are not, you've not gotten to the city yet. Am I right? Are you, are you out there? I said, are you out there? Go to First Corinthians 14. First Corinthians 14. I'm reading verse 8. For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to battle? In other words, if it's not distinct, how can we prepare? I don't know whether you've heard of the company called YTL, headed by Francis Yun, an ethnic Chinese in Malaysia. He's a Christian. His father was involved in construction business and he wanted to join his father at about age 16. And his father said, no, don't join me here. Education is a long-term investment. And he sent him to England to study civil engineering. And at 24, he took over the business and it was named YTL after his father, I think, Yuteng Liu. You know those are Chinese names. And today, that business is the largest conglomerate in Malaysia. They bought Water Essex. Water Essex in the United Kingdom. In the billions. He prepared. He prepared for success. He went to study civil engineering. 
Now they are going into 4G in Malaysia. He's pioneering that. We're talking about 3G. We're trying to get used to 3G. They're going to 4G. So Malaysia has the best and most developed 4G in the world. And he asked him, why are you doing this? He said, because we are stewards of the future. Some things I wish I could share here. But sometimes I almost feel the certain things I learned from Francis Yun as a believer, and he's not ashamed to tell the world. Maybe I should leave that to myself. Great principle of success. It's all right. Proverbs 30 verse 25. Proverbs 20, uh, 30 verse 25. Hallelujah. Are you there? It says... The ants are a people not strong, yet they prepare their meat in the summer. That's why, hear me, the race is not to the swift. Lena is the battle to the strong. No riches to men of understanding. No favor to men of skill. Why? He says, because time and what? And chance happened to them all. In other words, people are not poor because of lack of resources. Because of lack of preparation. Because time and chance came to them all. Notice, he says, no favor to the men of skill, no riches to men of understanding. A man can be a graduate and be grounded in poverty. There are graduates looking for jobs. Employed by someone that didn't go to school. It has nothing to do with, uh, I, I went to school. It's whether you have a plan. Francis Yon had a plan. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Are you learning something? See, we, we need to wake up, especially this side of the world in Africa. We need to wake up. Ryan Lochte, in preparing for this Olympics, for the past two years, has not eaten a junk food. For the past two years, he has not eaten meat pie, burger, any of those junk for two years. Why? To win an Olympic gold. Six months to the Olympics, Nigeria said, Olympics is coming. Atlas have been called to the camp. 
Whereas Michael Phelps spent five hours every day for five years before an Olympic. So by the time he was 23, he had already had about 13 gold. He won eight gold in Beijing, which nobody had won in swimming event. He said he became depressed. He had achieved the goals nobody in swimming had achieved. So this last Olympics, he prepared less. And he won less gold. But yet, he's the most decorated sportsman in the history of the world. Why? Five hours for five years. He said, when people go to the beach, I don't go in to swim because I'm, I'm always in water every day. He had a plan. Look at Nigerian athletes. Fifth, fifth, fifth. We have, we have 150, over 150 million people. The vast resource of talent, but no plan. We are always behind, even the smallest of nations. How many million people are in Singapore? The people in Lagos are more than the people in Singapore. Singapore is the fourth richest nation in the world. Because the founder of the Singapore nation had a plan. Every Singaporean at 17 must join either the army, the navy, you choose any of the force and you'll be trained. So discipline is part of their culture. In Singapore, you spit on the floor, you'll be fined, arrested for spitting on the floor. Americans, when they get to Singapore, behave better. The man had a plan. Do we have a plan as a nation? What is our unifying ideology? Peace and unity. That's our unifying ideology. Peace and what? And unity. What are we uniting about? The founding fathers wanted one Nigeria. And so? So what is going to keep us as one Nigeria? Let us pray. And that's what we've been praying since. And God has been hearing our prayers. But no progress. Because no plan. Singapore has no resource. With a population less than Lagos, hear me, they have the second largest oil refinery in the world. Niger built a refinery in one year. We have been planning to build refineries since I, I've been watching television. We shall build more, but the cost involved is enormous. It has to. It's <laughs> an entrepreneur's and leader's service. Because if we prepare you to think differently, you will eventually lead. I thought I'd get an amen. See, you got to think differently. What is the plan? 
Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. Are you learning something? It's, it's, I have so much notes here. Oh boy. Time will fill me. First Chronicles 22. First Chronicles 22. Verse 5. And David said, Solomon, my son is young and tender. And a house to be built that is to be built for the Lord must be exceeding magnificent of fame and of glory throughout all countries. I will now, I will therefore now make preparation for it. So David prepared abundantly before his death. I, I want to be the best singer from this part of the world. So, um, how long do you rehearse? Rehearse? I don't rehearse. God gave me the talent. This talent that I have, when I take solos, people are touched. Relax. <laughs> Relax. You have no plan, nothing. All you have is talent. You will shine for a while. It's like a shooting star. That's what happens in Nigeria's music industry. Where's Alexo? Where's Alexito? Where's Raskimono? Where's Majek Fashek? Talk to me now. Michael Jackson dominated the music industry even in the midst of scandal. Because he spent 16 hours in the studio. God rewards the diligent. And that brings me to another point which I'll deal with quickly. God rewards the diligent. He didn't say, seest thou a Christian. He said, seest thou a man that is diligent in his business. He said, he shall stand before kings, not before men. The word diligence means to be appointed. To be determined. Let's look at this issue of diligence quickly and end the service for today. And a lot of us, especially, especially Christians, sorry to say, especially Christians, we, we, want, we want sudden success. Are you aware that Pepsi has become bigger than Coca-Cola right now? They, they had to prepare and research the industry and bought over, acquired some companies. There must be a plan. 
And some people sell Coca-Cola and all those things. They don't even know what is happening. They forget that successful businesses pay attention to details. You need to know what is happening about this stuff. Get on the internet. Hallelujah. I said the word diligence means to be pointed. It refers to decision, determination. It refers to a sharp pointed object, a threshing instrument. Proverbs 10 verse 4 quickly. Let's share a few things and start in this area of diligence. Hallelujah. Proverbs 10 verse 4. He said, he becometh poor. Did you see that? I said, did you see that? I want to remind you of the scripture that says, there is he that is rich, but he maketh himself poor. So he says, he becometh poor. He becometh poor. So I can predict a man's future. How? He says, that dealeth with a slack hand. This your attitude to work can be the reason for your lack. I want you to think about it. Of this man that we hear winning Grammy, Israel Houghton, spending six hours every day. He says, he becometh poor that dealeth with his lack hand. He becometh poor. What hand are you dealing in life? But the hand of the diligent make it rich. Rich people are hard working. Influential people are hard working. I was reading something about, I think it's uh, Dexter Yaga, that will walk till about 3 or 4 a.m. in the morning before he sleeps. The Bible says, he that lost sleep shall come to poverty. I don't play on my sleep, oh. I sleep very well. I know you will not go far. Because even your politicians, are you aware that Tinubu used to walk and do whatever, he, whatever work he was doing and till 6 a.m. in the morning, Then Raji Fashola, who was his SSG, guess what? Guess this, resumes work at 6 a.m. in the morning. When Tinubu wanted to pick a successor, who did he pick? See what the man is doing in Lagos. 
you are sleeping. Father, I'm the next governor of Bayelsa State. <laughs> Which part are you going to govern? The sleepers? <laughs> or those who are awake? I'm the next. I declare it. Where is your plan? You don't have a plan. Look at Mitch Romney that has not become America's president. He already has a plan outlined. They asked the presidential candidates during those periods they were campaigning in Nigeria. They said, what will you do for us? They said, when I get there, we know. <laughs> it's only in Nigeria you see that kind of thing. <laughs> when you get there, <laughs> you will know. <laughs> you don't even know what you want to do. And I know some people will go and vote, even voted for the individual. At least our president wrote four things to focus on power. He listed four things to focus on. Jesus. But watch Ghanaian presidents. When they outline when they outline their plans. I listened to the president that took over um, after, I think it was Kofi, after Kofi Annan. I can't remember his name now, forgive me. And he said, he outlined four things he wanted to do. First of all, he came to Nigeria and it was an investor summit. And Nigeria, watch this, and invited his investors from all over the world during a bus on just time. John Kofo, thank you, Holy Spirit. And he sat down with a bus John. Watch this. These are investors we paid money to invite. They are seated. Obasan just said, Is he has to leave now, and John Kofo will speak to them, the entrepreneurs that Nigeria invited. When he stood up, because Obasan was to leave after he, um, when he gets up to speak. Our president was already ready to go. He said, since your president, president has delegated your nation to me, let me take advantage of it. The president came back to sit down. <laughs> he had an appointment. He invited investors to come to his nation to Persuade them to invest in Nigeria. He, he brought another president to come to be there. Is he not supposed to be the only one to talk to these people to invest in Nigeria? No wonder when Barack Obama came to Africa, the only nation he went to was Ghana. I have an appointment. You brought people so they can invest in your country. Yes, somewhere it has to go. I have to go somewhere right now. John Kofo will speak to you on my behalf. And the intelligent man says, since your president has delegated your nation to me, let me take advantage of it. Baba had carried a before. before. <laughs> I sat down. I was like, God, Nigeria. And the man outlined four points of focus 
for Ghana. Where did the investors go? The labor of the foolish wearied every one of them. There are 40 million South Africans, and as of the last time I noted, it should be more than that, only 8 million South Africans have television. Yet, South Africa is Africa's largest economy. Nigeria is second. We have 150 million bright minds. He had delayed with a slack hand. Amazing thing about this word slack is the word remia, remissness, treachery, deceit, deceitful, deceitfully, I do, slothful, laxness, slackness, guile. Notice that the word for slothfulness or to be slothful or slack and deception is the same. So the lazy man is deceived. It says, he that dealeth with a guile hand, with a deceptive hand, deceitful hand. I believe in sleep. But there was a day I was listening to a man talking about the value of time. And said that if you sleep eight hours every day, this is one third of your day. By the time you're 30, you slept for 10 years. I woke up. I was very young. And some of you, you see siesta during the day. And you see Joshua at night. So I wonder whether you slept for 20 years. You sleep. You slept eight hours in the night. You were traveling to Potakot. You slept. You were traveling to Lagos. You slept. You were traveling to Abuja. You slept. Put all of them together. So when I'm traveling and I'm not tired, I'm meditating on the scripture. I wonder how many years you've been sleeping. Was still some of us sleep and drive. All kinds of bikes, cars, jeeps, trucks. Look at verse 4. But the hand of a diligent maketh rich. He that gathereth in summer is a wise son. But he that sleepeth in harvest is a son that causeth shame. Time and chance happening to them all. Sleep. 
always sleep. So I've been believing God to be a millionaire. I'm 42 now, no million. So you can sleep more. Because money amplifies character. When you have more money, you become more of what you are. So if you were reading, if you're buying books a lot, the more money you have, you buy more books. If you were a smoker, taking Indo, the more money you have, you move to cocaine. Money amplifies character. If a man is having just one mistress, if he has more money, more mistresses. Money is not your problem. The issue is you. Hallelujah. Are you learning something, please? Look at something, Proverbs 12, verse 24. Proverbs 12, verse 24. Are you learning something this morning? It says, the hand of the diligent shall bear rule, but the slothful, that word is the same word, remia, the slothful shall be what? Under tribute. You want to find yourself in leadership position, it's telling you what to do. Be diligent. Be focused. Be pointed in what you do. How sad. How sad that many people can be ranked under being slothful. Let me show you how the Bible defines the slothful man. Verse 27. The slothful man roasted not that which it took in hunting. Did you see that? That means the slothful man walks, but he has no value for his results. He says it does not add value to what he does. It does not add value to what he does. He does not roast that which he took in hunting. So the man labored. Yes, he did. He has a business. He has hunted. He has bought the goods. But he says he will not roast it. He will not add value to it. So most of his goods are wasted. So slothful people are wasteful people. He does not roast that which he took in hunting. He killed the animal. He brought it home, but he did not roast it. What have you done to add value to your business? You have put the capital now. You've, you've, you've caught the animal. How are you going to roast it? How are you going to make it attractive to others? Say, but the substance of the diligent man is precious. He will add value to it. God gave Israel a voice. God gave you a voice. He spends six hours. You don't spend any time. I was talking to someone in our choir some time ago, and I said, When do you rehearse? She, she was like, I don't, I don't spend time rehearsing. Though. 
This is my voice. This is my voice. I knew this person was not ready to go far. It's like a pastor that can preach you what I said he will not study or research. If you've ever been to my house, you see me watching things, um, video documentaries and video biographies, and I'm there typing with my iPad, and I'm working. What I have is precious. Now, some people have their DSTV. All they use it for is sports. Some, all they use it for is movies. But I know some channels that you can get vital information for business. Because I know what I want. So the man is pointed. He's diligent. I've been to people's houses and I'll say, there's this station on DSTV. Say, eh, it is there. But they know African magic. They know movie magic. All the magics. I don't know why a pastor gets all these things. The substance of a diligent man is precious. I am roasting my DST. I am making it give me value. There's some channels I, wanted, I was wanting to tell some, some. I was planning to tell some of you, and the Lord said, Don't bother to tell them. I've been asking him since yesterday to tell you some channels and some programs you should watch on your DSTV that you have. The hand of the diligent shall be I want you to think about what you've learned today. A lot of things that will continue next week. If he tells me to tell you, I will tell you. Or maybe he knows that some of you will not even sit down to, to set the reminder for those programs. You want to have a business that touches the whole world. What are you talking about? I just told you about Francis Newman. The largest conglomerate in Malaysia buying companies in England, in UK, in Australia. I said if you do the right things, the result will follow. I want you to think about it. Because a lot of times we just want success to happen, just, just happen. And that's why God has assigned me to prepare you for success. Because a lot of Christians are not preparing. It's more than reading motivational books. I was speaking with someone in Lagos um, and he's saying the business is finding it hard to take off. I was telling him how the business will take off. So I'm like, they must be, what do you want to achieve? Where do you want to go with your life? What are we going to do to get there? 
That's what has put us on the cutting edge of ministry in this country and in our generation amongst Nigerians outside this country in our generation. Because this boy, this small boy, as they say, I know where I'm going. I have a plan. And I'm walking my plan. It has been said, plan your walk and walk your plan. Think about it. I go to bookshops and I say I need such and such a book, such and such a book, such and such a book. They don't even know the book exists. And I want to start a bookshop in this state. Somewhere between now and the end of the year, you have a bookshop. You see books. have a plan to change the world by changing the way people think so pastor why are you starting a bookshop didn't you when I said to change the world by changing the way people think and if their thinking is going to change you must make resources available to change their thinking bow your heads in Jesus I want you to make up your mind. You're going to be diligent about what you do. Money is not your problem. The hand of the diligent shall be a rule. 